0: Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. I want to give a heads up. You know, on all of my commercials for SaveWithConrad.com, you hear me say you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. I say that because I want you to understand we're going to work with you right now, even if you don't qualify right now. You see, we don't believe in no at First Family Mortgage, we believe in not yet. But don't take my word on that. Check out this five star review from Nathan in Hobart, Indiana. He says the level of personal service I received was fantastic. When I first contacted your office, I was not ready to get the best rate. Francis made a point to check with me every few months, just like she said she would during our initial call. Finally, my wife and I were ready and the process was smooth sailing after that. Thank you all so much for saving us $300 a month and lowering our interest rate from 4.65 to 3.125. Most of all, thank you for being nice people. Everyone we dealt with was great. The idea is, even if your circumstance isn't right just yet, we're going to work with you and get you some advice on how to increase your credit score, increase your buying power, just get you on the right path to home ownership. We're not going to treat you like the big banks do, like you're just another number. This is First Family Mortgage, and you're our podcast family, and we want to help you save some cash and get on the right track for what your short-term goals are and your long-term goals. If you're looking to save money each and every month, we can help at savewithconrad.com. If you're looking to consolidate all of your debt and get it down into one monthly payment and kiss those high-interest-rate credit cards goodbye forever, we can help you at savewithconrad.com. If you're looking to pay your house off faster, we can do it at savewithconrad.com. Or maybe you're just looking to buy your first home and you're not exactly sure where to start. You start at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. No matter your circumstance, SaveWithConrad.com can help you get a plan. Conrad Thompson and you're listening to the Kurt Angle show and of course we couldn't do it without your hall of famer your Olympic hero it's true it's true it's Kurt Angle Kurt how are you man I'm doing fantastic how are you Conrad man I'm excited to be here with you I'm excited to be doing this show man we've gotten a ton of great feedback it seems like people are discovering this show every single week what's been the feedback you've gotten so far man
1: it's all been positive. Everybody loves it. Um, you know, they, they can't wait for the next episode. So this is, you know, we're going to keep doing this, keep plugging them out.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun. And by the way, I, uh, I want to mention that we've got some special stuff coming to adfreeshows.com very soon. Of course you get all these shows early and ad free, including the video of what we're talking about. And we've also got quite a schedule mapped out. We recently put up a, uh, a podcast poll and let you guys pick the topic and, uh, people want to hear about your rookie year. So we're going to be covering that on March 21st. So set your calendars. That's going to be one heck of a show today forward uh, to it today. Our topic is no way out. 2001. We just passed what would have been the 20 gosh, is this right? The 20 year anniversary. It doesn't feel like 20 <laughs> yeah. years ago. Does it? No, it went by very quickly. <laughs> 20
1: years. is just, you know, blink of an eye. <laughs>
0: the, uh, the main event of that show. And you're even on the poster. Do you remember the first time you were on a WWF poster? Was that something that, you know, your family or people from your hometown were all excited about? Cause it's gotta be a big moment, right? To be the feature headliner on a pay-per-view like that.
1: Yes. And, and, you know, to be on that poster at no way out, the only superstar on the poster that tells you to co- the company has confidence in you uh-huh. to sell the pay-per-view on your own. So they they don't just put a you know uh, a rising star on the poster. They they put their top stars on the poster. So it was a huge honor to be on that poster for No Way Out, uh, two thousand one.
0: Well, and you're here in the main event defending your WWF Championship against The Rock. It's the last stop on our way to WrestleMania X-seven. Uh, no Way Out two thousand one happened on February twenty fifth at the Thomas and Max Center in Las Vegas. Did you like Vegas as a wrestling town? I know over the years it's been hit or missed as far as whether or not it's going to be sold out or will it be half a house? Do you think Vegas is a wrestling town?
1: Yes and no. I mean, they, you know, they've, we've had some great turnouts and we have some not so great turnouts, so it's very inconsistent. So I wouldn't say it's in the top 20, uh, cities, uh, that the WWE would travel to that would be their top cities, but You know, they, they do pretty well. They, they do. Okay.
0: Yes, they do. And they did okay here. 590,000 bought this show on pay-per-view. It's the most purchased no way out event ever. Uh, the year prior, they only did 480,000 buys the year after they did 575, but this is the peak. Do you think 2001 was probably the biggest and hottest crowds you guys worked in front of consistently?
1: Yes, it was. It was definitely the, the biggest and hottest crowds. It, you know, they, they, uh, it was a huge time in the business. It was the attitude era. Uh, Pay per view buys were up. TV ratings were up. Uh, you know, house uh, attendance, uh, ticket sales were up. Every superstar in the roster was over. Uh, it was. It was, we were stacked. Our our roster was completely stacked and, uh, the attitude era was definitely the best era of wrestling.
0: Well, we've got a sellout here at the Thomas and Mack center. We didn't have any trouble filling it that day. 15,223 fans in attendance, 13,119 of those paid an incredible gate, nearly $684,000 plus another 130 K in merchandise. And speaking of merchandise around this same time, you're rocking a gray WWE t-shirt that says <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's got the, uh, American flag styled letter. I on the back is in the old three eyes. Did you have a favorite WWF t-shirt over the years?
1: Yes, th- that was my favorite. It was my first t-shirt. Uh, I love the gray color. Um, you know, the red, white, and blue letters, the I on the back for intensity, integrity, and intelligence. Uh, that was a special shirt. That was my first. And I think anybody's first is their, their, their most special shirt.
0: Well, we've got uh, a first shirt over at box It says yes, broken freaking neck, yes. similar to the Seth Rollins style shirt. Check <laughs> it out right now over at box of gimmicks.com. Let's talk about something that I found in a shoot interview on Kfabe commentaries. Ivory sat down with a friend of the show, Mr. Sean Oliver. And she was excited to talk about when you first came into the company, she said, all right, he's a real athlete and a real good guy. He's going to be good to all the ladies. And he was for a really long time, but then he just turned out to be another wrestler. What do you make of that comment? That's sort of a backhanded compliment, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what she meant. I, I got along with Ivy very well, so we didn't have any problems. I'm not sure what she was talking about, uh, but I, you know, I've always respected, everybody in the business. So I, I don't, I don't know what she was in referring to.
0: Yeah. It just felt a little out of place, a little out yeah, of left field. Weird.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, we're also talking about the XFL in this era. Uh, were you interested in keeping up with anything happening with the XFL? Of course, it's still owned by Vince McMahon. So I guess maybe there's a curiosity, but of course we know it wasn't successful. And we know you at least had a passing interest in football, even trying out for the Steelers once upon a time. Where were you on the original XFL?
1: I thought it was a great concept. I mean, you know, Vince, if, if Vince McMahon is going to, you know, he can do anything, he can make anything succeed. I think he had some great concepts for the the XFL for the league. And I think he had some not so great concepts and it was a learning uh, curve, you know, uh, the first season, He made a lot of mistakes and there are a lot of things that the NFL picked up that Vince was doing, you know, camera angles and stuff like that. Uh, So he, he was, he was spot on with a lot of things. He just, he tried to make it a little more entertaining, you know, more pro wrestling ish. And I think that might've hurt a little bit, but I believe that they would, if they would have continued the second season, Vince would have succeeded. I think that, um, he was going to get, get it right the second time. And, you know, he tried to do it last year, but the pandemic just, you know, there was no chance. So I believe that it could have survived if, uh, they would have had a second season.
0: Let's talk about, uh, Memphis championship wrestling. They've got an association of course, with the WWE and, uh, a 4,000 fan attended show is their biggest crowd they've ever had in Jonesboro, Arkansas. And you're on top working with uh, triple H for the world title. What do you remember about this sort of loose affiliation with WWE and Memphis championship wrestling? Because this card has a lot of future stars on it. Jason sensation, who we saw from the attitude era spanky, who we know is going to go on to be, um, Brian Kendrick. And of course the American dragon will one day become Daniel Bryan, but I don't think the folks in Jonesboro, Arkansas could have ever expected that when they saw it back here in 2001.
1: It was a stacked roster, and WWE had a great relationship with Memphis Championship Wrestling. Um, That was our training grounds back in the late 90s. And uh, Vince and Jerry Lawler uh, had a great relationship, and that was kind of our stomping grounds to get ready for TV. So it was like a thank you to bring... Triple H and I to the main event in Jonesboro, Arkansas, it was more of a thank you for what they did to help the younger talent, uh, be able to be brought up into the WWE.
0: Let's talk about Lawler because he's going to make the news here. Uh, in early 2001, it comes apparent that, uh, Stacy Carter cat from WWE is going to be released and Lawler quits in protest. He's of course been the, the voice of Monday night raw with Jim Ross for a long time. Were you surprised to to hear that, Hey, uh, King's out. I mean, at this point you had to have at least a a passing relationship with him. Right. Yeah.
1: I got along very well with Jerry Lawler. Um, I think that, you know, he was really in love with cat and I think he chose her side. And, you know, when you, when you're doing business, I don't think you, you need to choose sides. I think you stick with your profession, keep it professional. And uh, don't let anything like that, you know, coexist. But, you know, he he really loved this woman and he wanted to stand by her side and, and try to prove a point. And I'm not sure why she got let go. So I don't know what the issue was. But, you know, Jerry was pretty upset. And that's when he decided to quit.
0: Yeah, I don't think even now people have really talked about what the issue was. We just talked about it not too long ago with Jim Ross. Let's talk about something we've never talked about though. You did a press conference on the 22nd of February, promoting your new book, an autobiography that's going to come out in August. That would lead Meltzer to say, you're probably going to be a baby face by then, so they can try to sell some books. Tell me how the whole book deal came together with WWE.
1: Well, it was kind of odd. Uh, you know, they, the WWE approached me and you know, when they asked if I wanted to do a book, I said. I haven't been in the business that long. I've I've only been at the time. I think I was in the business, um, on TV eight months. And there, there wasn't a lot of history with me in pro wrestling. And, uh, Vince McMahon said, well, just talk about your Olympic career and your life. And I said, okay. And I find out a few weeks later that, um, other people were offered a book deal and they turned it down because they didn't want to write a book yet. Uh, I think Austin was one of them. Um, you know, undertaker might've been one of them, but they, they went down the line, <laughs> you know, everybody from the top notch down. And I, you know, I trickled down to number four or five and I said, Yes. And uh, you know, it, it, it was a good move. I, I got to talk about my life, but I, I didn't have a lot of pro wrestling in it, and not, not a lot of history of WWE or, or anything I did in pro wrestling. So it was it was really odd, but you know, I was I was excited. It was my first book, and I I wanted to do it, so I went forward with it, and it took. Um, we probably worked on it with a ghostwriter for about six months. Mm. We talked every day. He interviewed me. And, uh, you know, the, the me turning baby face, I didn't know they were going to do that. I thought I was going to stay heel. Uh, they they don't really tell you what's going to happen six months down the line. So, <laughs> right. uh, you know, while I'm doing the book, I'm thinking I'm going to be a heel when my book comes out. It's not a great idea. But, you know, Vince McMahon put everything in place and got me turning heel where I was wrestling Austin at SummerSlam in 2001. So It was was a great position for me. The only problem is my book didn't do that well because my media week got canceled. It was the week of 9-11. When that Mm. tragedy occurred, they shot everything down in New York City. Uh, No travel. Um, Never had a media week. Uh, I was supposed to go the whole week long to like 40 different networks to right. promote my book and we didn't do it at all. We, it was, it was canceled. So, uh, you know, the book did, picked up on sales. It did pretty well eventually, but, uh, not, not at first.
0: This episode is sponsored by blue chew. Blue chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription don't like swallowing pills no problems here blue Chew's sildenafil and tadalafil are chewable that's right chewable tablets blue Chew's tablets are made in the usa and they prepare and ship direct so it's cheaper than a pharmacy so if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our special promo code ANGLE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, and the promo code is ANGLE to receive your first month for free. We thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. Do you think you'll ever want to write a second book?
1: Yes, I, I do. I, I don't want to write it till my documentary comes out. I had uh, been working on a documentary for the past two years and I uh, wanted to get that out before I, before I wrote the next book.
0: That's cool. Well, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure everybody is. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about the Monday night wars. I mean, you're coming in as someone who hasn't really worked in another wrestling organization. You've always been a WWE guy. Were you paying attention at all? to what nitro was doing or are you really just focused on the wwe product
1: well i was new to the business in 99 and you know that's when wcw started uh dropping in ratings i believe around early 99 um so i was more focused on learning the the trades of pro wrestling uh you know i was still training and uh, I, you know, I I did check the ratings here and there, but I I wasn't adamant about it. Uh, I just knew that uh, WWE started surpassing WCW, and we never looked back after that year. It was you know, they they went out of business, and uh, a lot of wrestlers transferred from WCW to WWE. Uh, so it was it was a crazy time in wrestling. Uh, you know, you had people. Uh, jumping ship earlier before it closed down. And you had people that waited till, uh, the, the company closed WCW closed before they came to WWE.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the build to this no way out show Uh, on the January 25th edition of SmackDown. Mr. McMahon was not happy with you, Kurt. He says (laughs) to get your red, white, and blue derriere out to the ring, you show up and say, there's something you want to get off your chest. And, uh, you do the big tease that. You've wanted to tell him this for a long time, but you're excited. You finally get to tell it to him, to his face quote. You don't know how long I've been waiting to say this, but Vince McMahon, I respect you. And then you <laughs> saluted Mr. McMahon and then you asked him to forgive you. This is some great stuff, but Mr. McMahon is not happy with you. If he asked you to put your title on the line that night against Kane. Is this whole segment also from the brain of, of Mr. Bringerwitz?
1: Yeah, I, I believe so. It was, uh, you know, he, he wrote all of my stuff and, you know, Vince, Vince allowed him the right for him as well. Not all the time. Vince usually said what he wanted to say, but, uh, Brian, you know, structured it and put it together. It was a nice piece of business and, you know, uh, having that promo, it, it was hilarious, <laughs> you know, uh, kissing Vince McMahon's ass and him, uh, you know, chastising me and criticizing me of being a bad boy and, uh, you know, ha- making me wrestle the red, big red machine. So it was, it was, it was a cool segment.
0: It really was. You have some great lines in here too. You say that Kane was WWF champion for about 12 seconds, but I still respect <laughs> him. And I have a lot of fans who were burn victims. Anyway, uh, Kane <laughs> throws you <around. laughs> great stuff. Uh, Michael Cole on commentary puts over that you're coming off the best year of any WWE rookie talent. Eventually, uh, Rikishi and Haku destroy Kane and you escape with the cheap heel win. How was working with Kane here in 2001?
1: He was great. One of the best big guys I've ever worked with. He, he had a knack for, you know, what he did in the ring. He was incredible. He great athlete for his size. And he, uh, him and Undertaker were the two best big guys I've ever gotten in the ring with. They they weren't heavy on their feet, they were light. They they jumped for you when you would give them a suplex. Um, they they weren't very difficult to work with. They were very easy to work with. And that that that's a, a you know, that's a huge compliment to anyone that that's that size in the business.
0: Let's talk a little bit about SmackDown on February 1st. The main event is supposed to be you versus the rock, but triple H gets in the main event. So now it's a three-way, um, did you enjoy three-way matches as a whole? I've heard a lot of guys say that they are sometimes a bit of a cluster.
1: They can be a cluster. Uh, you have to really plan them. Well, the timing has to be almost perfect because you have, you know, you're usually only wrestling one person and the other one's downselling. So you're all, you know, rotating in and out. And, uh, you know, you have to remember which spot you're doing and who's coming in the ring next to break up the count. And then you continue a spot with that person while the other one's selling. Uh, it's, it's a bit confusing. So you have to be really mentally sharp for that kind of match.
0: Let's talk about the uh, February 5th, raw. You're in a tag match with the rock against triple H and stone cold. While you're looking for the rock backstage, you run into Sa Rios and congratulate him on still being employed by the company. What a great line. That was, I know,
1: <laughs> God bless me.
0: <laughs> you eventually find the rock and you tell him, if he keeps his head on straight tonight, you'll talk to Mr. McBann and maybe even get him another number one contendership match rock shakes your hand and agrees. And then tells you he's going to take your title sooner or later. And when you're getting in the ring, the steps fall apart. Uh, your balance is good. So you barely flinch and you get in the ring, but literally the top half just falls over, uh, fortunately Trish hadn't stepped on that part yet. And, uh, you win the match for your team with a chair shot to triple H's head. Do you remember this, uh, step situation that night? It seems kind of random.
1: Yes. I got lucky. I, I, I didn't take a dive. I, uh, I got through without, uh, unharmed. So, you know, sometimes malfunctions occur, uh, in and outside of the ring. You just have to be ready for anything.
0: Let's talk about working against triple H and stone cold. I think a lot of fans look back at this 2001 era and think that could have been one of the great tag teams and for whatever reason, they never had a, a super sustained run. Of course they did briefly win the tag titles and people still talk about that tag match with Benoit and Jericho. what do you think of them as a tag team? Could that have worked?
1: Yeah, I think it would have this, you know, and you have to remember that they're, they're the top stars in the company. That's right. So they're being utilized in the main event week in and week out. And when you're, when you're being utilized as a top talent, it gets old after a while. So you have to give them a rest from the top and bring other upcoming guys to the top and maybe have them tagged with each other and do a different program. So they're not always wrestling for the world title the wrestling for the tag team titles or the United States championship or the intercontinental championship, uh, you have to change it up. Yeah. It's the only way to create new stars. And, you know, if you have uh the same guy at the top all the time for five years in a row and they're main eventing every pay-per-view it's going to get old and you, you gotta be careful with that.
0: Let's talk about something that you did that was a little, uh, out of the norm on the February 8th, SmackDown, you get to do commentary on the main event between big show and the rock. The winner is going to get a title shot against you at no way out. How'd you like being on commentary? Was that a chance for you to get out of your comfort zone or not something you really enjoyed?
1: I, I was okay at it. I, you know, I, I was never interested in commentary, but you know, if I had to do it, I could do it. I, you know, I would get by, you know. Uh, I would say, you know, C average. <laughs> I wasn't that, that articulate at commentary. I was better at doing promos and pre-tapes. Uh, but, um, I could do it if you needed me to.
0: Big show winds up attacking you here and you hit him with several chair shots. Ultimately the rock wins. And now he's got a shot at you at the uh, no way out show, which we're going to cover in a moment. Uh, you have a match on, uh, <laughs> on Sunday night heat, a few days later, your main event against S.A. Rios after accusing him of stealing your shirt and selling it for tequila. Of course you win, <laughs> but it sets up a tag match the next night on raw SA Rios picks a partner and wouldn't, you know, it it's big show and you team with Raven and Raven would pin S.A. Rios, but big show tells you that your ass is his, and that's pretty much it for the big show feud. But this seems kind of random Raven and S.A. Rios getting involved here. What do you remember about this?
1: I think what they were trying to do is they they wanted to continue the program with S.A. and I S.A. Rios um, to have a match on on heat which the WWE champion is never on heat but right. uh, they they wanted to do you know they wanted a good rating that week so uh, they they planned the match and you know I I wrestled Essay and uh, you know it was it was a cool program it was. You know, very creative the way, you know, they had me talk about essay and uh, that he, you know, stole uh, whatever from me and uh, got got uh, for tequila. <laughs> I forget what it was. What, what did I say?
0: Yeah, it was tequila. I think that was the Yeah, idea. What,
1: what, did he, what did he get? Well, what did he sell for it? Uh, uh, it was a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was a t-shirt. I thought it was my gold medal. <laughs> uh, my memory's bad. Uh, but it was it was a cool program it was something that Brian Kertz wrote and uh they wanted me to have a match with SA Rios and uh I was happy to do it and you know the 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 tag match with uh, Raven and Ese was uh to elevate those guys um because you know we were big show and I were both WWE champions and we were at the top and they did these tag matches to kind of elevate some of the lower upcoming talent
0: the February 15th SmackDown, the show is curiously without a Kurt Angle appearance until the main event, which is the rock and triple H you run out and hit the rock with the world title, but then stone cold starts attacking you. Then Benoit comes out and it's a pretty cool visual where you put the rock in the ankle lock facing stone cold. Who's in the crippler cross face. Uh, this has gotta be, you know, some of the best time ever for SmackDown. I mean, I know that people still talk about the SmackDown run a few years later. But SmackDown was really coming into its own here, was it not?
1: Oh, yes, without a doubt. We, we had so many uh, top superstars that were uh, represented on SmackDown. And, you know, especially that match, you know, the, you had four of the top guys in the company uh, going at it. And, you know, the, the whole submission thing was really cool. And, you know, it, SmackDown started coming into its own by then. And, you know, it was getting almost as popular as Raw.
0: Let's talk about, uh, the February 19th, Raw Is war. You had a sit down interview with Kevin Kelly. They've done this a lot over the years. Uh, this time you're being uh, sat down with Kevin Kelly and you say it hurts to get booed after what you did for your country at the Olympics. While a guy like the rock who wouldn't and couldn't represent his country gets cheered and you question why is he the hero when you're the one who's kind and courteous and then you ask Kevin Kelly, how's the people's champion treating you Has your son asked you what a hermaphrodite is? Of course, famously, the rock started to refer to Kevin Kelly as Hermie and a hermaphrodite. Uh, Google that, or maybe don't, if you're not sure. Um, but this is great stuff, super entertaining. And you're getting to show the depth of your character for lack of a better phrase, right?
1: Yeah, I was, you know, my character back then was manipulation. Right. And I, I would use words to. Uh, hold people up and hold them accountable. And uh, they were always honest words. They were truthful. Uh, they just, you know, uh, you, you take it for granted when, you know, someone uh, puts you down or says something. But I, uh, was, I was very creative in causing manipulation. It was one of the things that I did best as a heel.
0: I, I like the, uh, the line that you say, everyone expects WrestleMania to be rock versus stone cold, but I've made a whole career out of proving people wrong and I'm going to beat the rock at no way out. This is a nice way to sell the pay-per-view. I think.
1: Yes. Without a doubt. That promo was from Brian Gwartz and it was on, uh, could have said it any better It was a great setup for the match. And, uh, you know, it, it gave people some hope that I might end up winning.
0: In the main event on raw, you're teaming with Benoit against the rock and stone cold, you enter and do the pose and, uh, do the fireworks. Uh, Benoit winds up taking a rock bottom and a pin, but you catch a stunner that night. What's the trick to taking a stone cold <laughs> stunner the right way.
1: You have to time it. It's, it's a, it's not a hard move to take, you know, Austin grabs your head and sits on, on his butt. And when you go down, you have to, you know hit your chin off his shoulder and jump up real fast and take a next T plunge onto the mat. It's a, it's a lot of fun to take. Uh, There are guys that do it a lot better. There are guys that do it a lot worse, but um, for the most part, it's a
2: safe move and it's very effective. Pardon the interruption. I hope you're enjoying the Kurt Angle show. Did you know that there's an official store for the podcast? It's called boxagimmicks.com. It's where you can find shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs and more all related to the Kurt Angle show. It is one of the best ways to support the podcast. So check out boxagimmicks.com and thank you for listening to the Kurt Angle show. Let's talk about the
0: Smackdown, the Go Home Smackdown. It's February 22nd. You open the show wearing your tracksuit and um you uh have the belt hung over your shoulder. And, uh, you start your pose, like, like your friends, edge and Christian. I know what you're thinking. And then you do a Southern draw, uh, duh, <laughs> grab your camera, honey. That damn picture is going to be worth something. The last time Kurt angle stands in the ring on SmackDown WBF champion, it's going to be a genuine collector's item a genuine wine (laughs) (laughs) collector did you practice this southern drawl that day i had to i never
1: talked southern before and i had to practice it over and over again yes i i didn't want to make an ass out of myself but i did anyway because you know i i'm not very good at it but um, I, I, I threw it out there. I I'm, I'm not shy by any means. I'll do whatever it takes to make the crowd laugh and, or annoy them. I, I was very annoying as a, as a heel. So, um, that was my, um, that was my strength as a heel. I was very annoying to the fans.
0: I liked, uh, the rest of the promo too. You you acknowledge the rock has been saying the countdown is on like until he's champion and you say, well, thank you, Casey Kasem. And if you don't get the reference, <laughs> he's a famous radio DJ. who used to do the countdown for years and years of whatever was the top of the charts. And then we, we hear something from you. You don't say very often in this era. You said the word ass on TV, TikTok my ass, uh, which I guess is uh, showing that you've got a little hardened edge. You're taking things seriously here.
1: <laughs> yes. I was, uh, showing that I was pissed off
0: yes. and, uh, you know,
1: uh, even though I was very proper in my language, um, you know, I broke that, uh, that promise that I wouldn't swear. Cause I always say I don't swear. Uh, so I was being, uh, you know, uh, I guess the word is, uh, uh, what's it called when you say something and do the other,
0: <laughs> yeah, ex- um,
1: <laughs> I can't remember.
0: <laughs> well, you're even going to make fun of the rocks, new song pie. And you ask what the freaking heck is that, uh, you, you, I know you, Kansas city fans are into the rock. So of course they like, uh, the rock. You guys are the same people who worship George Brett, who was a famous baseball player, and you referred to him as a well-known cheater and hemorrhoid sufferer. <laughs> that is just classic, silly, old school. Great stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, George brett uh, he did commercials for hemorrhoid uh, medicine, right? <laughs> And uh, so I, I came up with that, uh, before I did the promo and, uh, you know, it, it, it was, it was one of the funniest things I said. Uh, you know, I, I know the Kansas city, uh, fans knew what I was talking about, but a lot of people might not know what I was speaking about.
0: Well, I loved it. And, and I also liked that you can't help yourself. You say, you know, when he's singing about pie. He's not talking about a bacon pan and flour. I assure you of that, which is just tremendous. <laughs> yes. He was talking about the girl's private part.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know what I expected here today, but that just exceeded all expectations. Um, okay. Let's talk about how you're going to part tra- uh, part ways with Trish Stratus here, uh, because you say you don't want the rock to have any excuses this Sunday, but we get some really memorable segments out of that pairing. We also get to see team ECK edge, Christian and Kurt backstage. Mm-hmm. They're preparing for the main event. The main event here is going to be those three taking on Kane, the rock and the undertaker and a six man. What was it like being a part of a six man team with edge and Christian?
1: Oh, those guys were great. They're, they're some of the best uh, technicians and wrestlers in the world. They've, they've always, uh, had incredibly strong matches, and they have great presence. They're enthusiastic, uh, very creative. Uh, it was a lot of fun working with them, especially doing our pre-tapes. We had a lot of fun. We we made a lot of funny jokes, and uh, you know, it, it, it again we were we were funny, but we were annoying, and you know, we were playing the heel really well, and uh, we had great chemistry together.
0: Let's get to the event itself. You show up to no way out in a limousine and you say, you're not worried about the rock. He should be worried about beating you after the beating you gave him. You didn't show up in limousines back in the day a lot. It felt like this was usually reserved for Mr. McMahon or the NWO or something like that. What'd you think of that creative? The champ shows up in a limo.
1: I think they wanted me to look like a bigger star, um, you know, uh, uh, the company gets me a limo and I drive up with the limo and, uh, you know, it was just status uh, show that the WWE champion drives in a limo. Yeah. I think that was the point they were trying to make,
0: uh, the rocks pre-match interview is really simple. He says the countdown to the end of your reign uh, as champion is over. And we all remember you did the old TikTok my ass. And here's how Melzer uh, Meltzer broke down the match. The two traded suplexes. Rock got the sharpshooter on and angle sold it. Great. Getting to the ropes angle also used an ankle lock as his new submission. Rock sold the ankle, taking a bump over the top rope. And this may be the first use of the ankle lock in a televised match by Kurt angle. We couldn't find other examples of it. Uh, Who do you remember coming up with the idea to use the ankle lock as a finishing maneuver?
1: Well, it was me. I was, you know, being a shooter and, you know, having the history I did, uh, I wanted to come up with a submission hold that I could start using. And, uh, you know, I, I knew that Ken Shamrock used the ankle lock and, uh, he was gone doing MMA and I figured I might as well take that. And, you know, Ken Shamrock wasn't upset about it. He actually was very cool about it. So, um, you know, taking his finish and using it, um, you know, helped me dearly. Uh, you know, it made me a uh, more credible wrestler and, uh, more dangerous.
0: Did this have anything to do with the Olympics, not wanting you to use the term Olympic slam, or is it just a way to prepare for Crispin Wah, or is it a finish you can give any competitor, any size, big show or not?
1: That, that was the idea. I could give it to anybody, any size. It, it wouldn't matter. And no, it had nothing to do with the Olympic Slam getting changed to the Angle Slam. That was the Olympic Committee that was threatening to sue us if we used the word Olympic because they own that word. And so I had to change the Olympic Slam to the Angle Slam. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because uh, when Michael Cole found out that the Olympic Committee was upset, uh, The next week on Raw, he said Olympic Slam at least fifteen
2: times because he <laughs> wanted to piss
1: them off. <laughs> he just kept saying it; it was hilarious. Uh, so, you know, we we have a sense of humor in the wrestling world.
0: <laughs> yeah, that feels like a Vince McMahonism too. I'll show you. Uh, <laughs> s- settle an old debate. I feel like fans online argue this sometimes. Did you call it the ankle lock or the angle lock? The fans
1: would call it the angle lock.
0: I say, I call it the
1: ankle lock because I didn't want to take away from Ken Shamrock. That's the, the word he, the word he used was ankle. I wanted to continue with that out of respect for Ken.
0: Very cool. I didn't
1: want to make it my own.
0: Yeah. There's a moment here where the rock is crawling to the ropes, but you pull him away and dial up the intensity. You're slamming rock's leg into the mat and screaming at him. Tap out you son of a bitch. I'll break your fucking leg. Uh, And the (laughs) WWE network even bleeps this part out today, but man, you were in the moment at that moment, were you not?
1: Yes, I was. And, uh, you know, as a wrestler, I, I like to show real emotion. So I do get myself riled up in the matches and, uh, I try to portray the way I should be feeling at the time. And, uh, you know, rock is, uh was a great person to do it with because he sold better than anybody. And, uh, you know, that, that moment right there was crazy. Cause uh, you know, thank God it was on pay-per-view. Um, if it was on TV, network TV or cable, I would have gotten a lot of heat for that, but uh, it being on pay-per-view made it a little more acceptable of saying the F word on TV. But uh, you know, the WWE network does block it out uh, when they air the match. Now, wow. hey, what if I had a secret
0: where you could pay off your credit cards? You could pay off your car. You could even retire 13 years earlier. It's not a secret, baby. It's SaveWithConrad.com. Come on. Ask Toby in Edmond, Oklahoma. He left us a five-star review and wrote, Conrad's team was able to do everything I hoped for They helped me reduce my mortgage term by 13 years. Think about that, folks. 13 years. Now, there's 12 house payments, of course, in a year. Duh. And if you're doing 13 years, that's 156 payments. You know what your mortgage payment is. Multiply it in your calculator by 156. That's how much old Toby saved. Not only that, he wrote, they paid off my car, my credit cards, and dropped my interest rate significantly. So let's recap. If you could go ahead and pay your house off 13 years faster, and oh, by the way, pay your car off, with a greater tax deduction and a cheaper interest rate and get rid of your credit cards and their high interest rates and get a greater tax deduction there and also reduce your overall interest rate. How do you lose? You don't. This is a win, win, win situation. And that's what we believe in at SaveWithConrad.com. And oh, by the way, if you have a car loan, if you have credit card debt, not only is the interest rate higher than what you'd be paying if you went to SaveWithConrad.com, it's not tax deductible. You get to write off your mortgage interest. You don't get to write off that interest on your car. You can't write off interest on your credit cards, but you can on your mortgage. So why wouldn't you get a better rate on your mortgage? Cut the years down. Get rid of the car payment. Get rid of the credit cards. Retire faster by retiring your debt faster. We can run the numbers for you and your family right now at first family. Just go to save with Conrad.com. That's save with Conrad.com. Animal number six, five, zero, eight, four equal housing lender. And did I mention no house payments for two months? It's save with Conrad.com. Let me ask when you had a, a slip up, cause I'm sure it's happened more than once. When you go back through the curtain does Vince or somebody say now, Hey, we got to talk about this. Or do you just sort of know, "Mm, shouldn't have said that.
1: Yeah. You, you know, you know, you shouldn't have said it, but, uh, they will tell you at times, I mean, they'll say, don't, don't use that anymore. And, uh, I don't think anybody's gotten fined for it. So it hasn't gotten that bad, but, uh, there are slip ups and, you know, Vince will tell you, Hey, cool off. Don't, don't use that anymore.
0: Uh, Meltzer would continue in an attempt to ruin a great match. Big show came out and slammed the referee, Mike Kyoto, as well as rock and angle, and then walked off angle had rock pinned Tim white and Earl Hebner were helping Kyoto off. And Hebner was carrying Kyoto off, saw a pin attempt and ran in the ring, causing Kyoto to fall down on the ground in a different match. It would have been hilarious. I laughed, but it also took the edge off of the match for a few minutes. That's Meltzer's take. You've seen this match since it happened. What do you think about that assessment?
1: I didn't have a problem with that spot. I thought that, you know, I thought it being funny. Um, Maybe it wasn't the right time in the match to do it because, you know, we're going to have a false finish there, but I I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it added to the match. Uh, You know, I I know that you want to take things a little more seriously during the finish, but, you know, anything that's entertaining is good. And uh, I thought Earl you know, dropping Kyoto and running in the ring to do the count was hilarious.
0: Uh, Meltzer goes on to say they continued with near falls and near submissions. Angle kicked out of the people's elbow angle, undid the padding on the turnbuckle and rammed rock into it, then hit the Olympic slam for a near fall angle, missed the charge and hit the exposed metal buckle and rock gave him a rock bottom for a near fall angle, never really kicked out, but the ref had to hold up the count, which was kind of weird, but they announced he had kicked out. Something was majorly screwed up here. Apparently Hebner not realizing that was the finish. So rock went right back to the rock bottom for a second time for the pin. Boy, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, let's start with the, uh, the turnbuckle spot. Uh, Jim Ross famously told us that that was a hallmark of Pat Patterson. He liked to use that in a lot of finishes. Was Pat Patterson the agent for this match?
1: Yes, Pat Patter was the agent and who's his idea to, to take the turnbuckle off. Um, you know, Pat was so clever with different spots and, uh, making the match more meaningful. He, he was the best agent I've ever worked with.
0: Tell me about the finish. Um, supposedly Hebner didn't realize that was the finish and didn't want to count three. What do you remember happening here? Why was this a snafu?
1: Well, you know, I distinctly remember that, um, Earl probably thought that was the first rock bottom. I believe we hit a rock bottom and earlier in the match and Earl forgot. Mm. So the finish was supposed to be the second rock bottom. And Earl thought the second one was the first. I got you. So that's why he hesitated on the count. And I mean, Dwayne, (laughs) the rock was pissed. He, he, he picked me up rock bottom me. And told Earl and looked him in the eye and said, count the motherfucking finish. (laughs) 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 He's pissed. (laughs) Earl's going to get it when we get back to Gorilla, And, uh, you know, but Dwayne, he was mad at the time. And when he got backstage, he he called up. And he he didn't really yell at Earl or anything. It, we all make mistakes. Sure. Things like this happen. So you just have to move forward and continue on with the match. And that's what Rock did. He took the initiative to rock bottom me again and and, you know, get the win. So um, you know, that that's an experienced wrestler.
0: No doubt. Let's um let's remind everybody that the match goes sixteen minutes, fifty-four seconds. Meltzer loved the match. He gave it uh, four and a quarter stars. He probably would have liked it a little better without big show and and without the, uh, the little miscommunication on the finish. What'd you think of the match when it was all said and done?
1: I love the match. Th- this match transcended me from, um, you know, the funny, goofy Kurt angle to a more serious competitor. This is when I started using more offense because as a heel, you bump and sell. You bump feed and sell, and you don't get much offense in uh, this match. I was I got a lot more offense. I I started transitioning into the wrestling machine.
0: Do you think, uh, or what do you think of The Rock as an in ring performer? We know what he is as an overall entertainer, but once the bell rang, how was The Rock?
1: Dwayne was awesome. He he uh, he was such a great athlete. He he was always a step ahead and. Uh, You know, his athleticism really came out in the ring and his biggest asset is selling. Um, You know, a lot of people think he oversells and that's why he does it. He oversells because he wants everybody at home, every fan in the arena, 20,000 people. He wants that little girl at the top of the rafter to see his selling his face. So he makes it visible to everybody and he oversells. That's the way you're supposed to do it in pro wrestling. A lot of people undersell. Dwayne had it. Another guy that had it was Vince McMahon. He had the facials. You know, he just, uh, you're fired, you know, and, uh, you know, he would do this weird faces and stuff. And um, he he got it too because Vince always told us the money's here. Right. This is where you sell tickets right here. That, you know, you, you got to show emotion. You got to show when you're angry or scared or, or hurt. And, uh, those two were the best at it.
0: Let's talk about the rock here for a moment. He, uh, he becomes the record breaking six time WWF champion. Of course that's gone on to be broken now, but at the time only Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart had done that before. When you think of, and I know you didn't grow up necessarily a big wrestling fan, but The Rock and Stone Cold, they were kind of the next Hulk Hogan here, right? They were the next kingpin. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah uh, both of them. Um, I, I can't even tell you. The Rock got so big. You know, Austin was the guy. He was always the guy since I've been there. Um, but but Rock got so big, he was right there hand in hand with Austin. Um, it, it was pretty cool to see two superstars kind of take the top spot, you know, they were, they were sharing it with each other. And, um, it was an honor because that year I wrestled them more than anybody else I wrestled. I was, it was rocker Austin, whether it was TV or house shows or pay-per-views. I, I, I wrestled them quite a bit in 2001.
0: Let's talk a little bit about what happens when you come back through the curtain, we've talked to before about your WrestleMania match with Shawn Michaels, When you come back through the curtain at a big pay-per-view like this, the biggest, no way out ever what's gorilla look like is Vince there on headset. Does he greet you with a big hug? Are you hearing from anyone? What's that like?
1: Well, for a match of that caliber, they, usually there are a bunch of people waiting in the gorilla. I think it's uh, more of a tradition, um, to wrap the show, the main event. You get back there and everybody's standing and they clap, and uh, especially if it's a great match. And we had a great match that night. I knew it. The Rock knew it. The the only problem was the finish, um, you know, which is not a good thing to say because you mess up the finish, you pretty much screw up the whole match. Right. But it did affect it somewhat, but not so much. I I think that you know, you know, Dwayne hitting the finish again and getting a three count. Uh, was the best thing he could do at the time. And and it was the one thing that had to be done. So uh, I thought the match was fantastic.
2: Are the big wrestling companies leaving you without that extreme fix? If so, adfreeshows.com is the place to be. Last week, we had another event with the guys from the ad-free exclusive show. That was extreme with Blue Meanie and Joel Gertner. Our members got to sit with two ECW mainstays for more than just a two-minute hello, asking them questions about their monthly podcast. Take a listen as Blue Meanie shares more insight on the infamous mass transit situation.
1: So this this kid, uh, mass transit, shows up and says he's a student of, of Killer Kowalski and he trained Killer
2: Kowalski. This is the one show Killer didn't show up at. And if no, Killer. no reason to believe that he's lying, though, because this happened all the time. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Killer would show
1: up with the students and stuff like that. So the one time Killer Kowalski doesn't show up,
2: this kid shows up and goes, hey, I was trained by Killer Kowalski. If Killer Kowalski had been there, he could have said, oh, this is bullshit, you know? And, you know, things could have been averted. And the crisis was not averted, and Blue Meanie goes on to tell you why. So, become a part of the family now. Enjoy this and so many other exclusive shows and events, including the recent Jim Crockett interview, as well as title chase. The recent episode highlights the WWF Tag Team Championship belt owned by Conrad himself. So make the decision to sign up today and join the fastest-growing wrestling community over at adfreeshows.com.
0: Let's, uh, let's talk about the rock and then we'll move on a little bit, but the rock just debuted a new show on NBC, not too long ago called young rock. And it's going to tell the story of, uh, him coming up as a youngster and having parents that were in the wrestling business. Have you had a chance to catch any of that show yet?
1: No, I just caught the previews. I'm going to start watching it this week, but, uh, I heard it's an awesome show. I heard it was number one on the network. It was number one for comedies across the board it was the number one show, uh, for that time slot. I guess he nailed it.
0: He's doing a great job. I recommend yeah. it. And the fans recommended this no way out show readers of the wrestling observer gave the show 87.3% thumbs up only 7.6% thumbs down, uh, 5.1% thumbs in the middle. What say you thumbs up?
1: Yes. I thought the pay-per-view was excellent. Uh, uh, all across board i thought everybody did a fantastic job and you know no way out is kind of a it's supposed to be like a downer pay-per-view because it's kind of the rest period before wrestlemania right but it also um you know it also bandages up um programs are, are trying to get programs ready for WrestleMania. So some of them are number one contender matches for the world title. Whoever wins it, no way out. will main event WrestleMania against the champion, uh, things of that sort. So uh, it's, it, you know, it's somewhat of a rest pay-per-view, a downer pay-per-view uh, because it historically doesn't do a lot of pay-per-view buys. I think maybe people are saving up for WrestleMania the next month. Right. But um, you know, it, it's a pay-per-view that is just in the wrong position that's in the wrong month because it's right before WrestleMania.
0: Meltzer really loved the way the match was put together. And I guess some credit goes to Pat Patterson. Meltzer says rock had to beat angle, which he did, but he did so in a way where everyone worked, both from the scripting of the match to the call of the match to make angle stronger than ever. And you sort of mentioned that earlier that you felt like this match really leveled you up. How much of that credit does deserves to be, uh, heaped on Pat Patterson. Do you think
1: Pat deserves all the credit? Um, he was the one that actually told me, we need you to start getting more aggressive and we need you to start doing more offense. Uh, we're going to start here at this pay-per-view and we're going to continue on with you. This is your big push. And, um, you know, uh, even though you won't be main eventing at WrestleMania, um you know you you're, you're going to be utilized uh big time by the company so uh you have to continue to uh broaden your character and your wrestling style
0: were you excited about that did you feel challenged by it or were you just trusting that Pat knew what he was doing and we'll we'll be fine
1: i, I was challenged by it i thought this is this is a great opportunity um you know i need to step up right now or i'm you know sink or swim that's that's what it was. And uh, I decided to swim and not sink. So, I, you know, I took Pat's advice and I started doing it. And, you know, it actually made me a, a better leader in the ring because, um, you know, when you're when you're doing um, the offense, you want to you, know, you have to call the match and you have to tell them what's coming next. So uh, it actually made me a better leader.
0: Next up, we've got some questions from our listeners. And if you've got a question for next week's show, you can ask it. Just scoot on over to uh, Twitter. Follow us there. It's at the angle pod. We've got a lot of great stuff coming your way, but you want to follow us at the angle pod and you'll get updates about what's coming and you can participate and ask your questions next week. We're going to be talking about no way out 2001 or I'm sorry, 2006, where it's all about the undertaker. So we're talking about the rocks match now We'll fast forward five years to 06, and we'll talk about The Undertaker. We'll be back on the 21st talking about the rookie year and what a year it was. Uh, H Quicks or, or H Quicks. Q Hicks says, once you were settled in, how was it seeing and hearing the fans cheer or boo you in capacity, such as an arena full of pro wrestling fans? I guess that is something you've got to get used to. I mean, certainly there were people cheering you on in amateur wrestling, but it's probably a different thing when there's 20,000 people booing or chanting you suck. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a lot more electric, uh, bigger environment. Uh, you know, you go to a WWE show, um, you know, especially a sold out show. These fans are so enthusiastic, you know, in the Olympics, fans are more proper. They, they don't know boo or jeer or you know they 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 clap properly you know the, uh, when someone does a takedown or gets a pin but it's not overwhelming you know right. not not a lot of emotion but you go to a wwe show and man these these fans will you know they will get your ass moving because they motivate you to become better and it's a it's a great um it's it's an awesome feeling to be in the ring
0: Let's talk about the match right before you. Captain Chaos says, "Did you feel any extra pressure after seeing how good the Triple H, Steve Austin, three stages of hell match was?"
1: Yes, I, I did. I mean, you know that match. First of all, they're both two of the top guys in the business, and uh, they're doing a gimmick match. You know, weapons and everything, and uh, you know that that can that can set our match up to be a disaster because we don't have any weapons. And, you know, a lot of times when you have like a three degrees of hell match, it's usually on last because that's where it should be positioned because that's when you're doing the craziest stuff. Right. So rock and I were just wrestling, but that's what I did best. I, I didn't like gimmick matches. I liked to wrestle. Uh, I'd like to prove that I could be the best wrestler in the world and rock and I were, were on that night. And, uh, it, we had extra pressure because of that match prior to us, uh, with triple H and stone cold. But, um, I thought we did a pretty damn good job.
0: I totally agree. I'm curious when you're in the main event like this and you see these guys are tearing it up before you, are you watching it on a monitor backstage? Or are you already in gorilla? Are you still trying to warm up and just catch some when you can? What's that like?
1: It's warming up and catching some when you can. It's, you know, you can't be totally into the show because you have to focus on your match, especially if you're the last match of the yeah. night. You're not going to watch much of the show. You're going to you're gonna get prepared. You're going to get mentally and physically focused and uh, get ready for your match because, you know, you're the main event. You're why the people bought the pay-per-view. You're why the people uh, bought ticket, bought a ticket to come see you.
0: Um,
1: so it's your responsibility to try to have the best match of the night.
0: So when you're, uh, sort of trying to gauge how they're doing and you can't really watch, you're just listening to the crowd and you hear them roar and you know, oh, they're really hitting right.
1: Yes. Yes. You could tell by the crowd reaction. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 they say it all. And, uh, you know, the, that match had a, huge reaction from the crowd and the the fans were all over that match so we knew that we had a big uh, assignment ahead of us
0: skogo 87 says after being on such an impressive run with the belt how did you feel about losing it so close to mania did you feel you deserved the main event spot and when did you know it wouldn't be happening
1: i i wanted the main event spot at wrestlemania um i felt like i deserved it but i also knew that they were planning Rock in Austin six months prior to WrestleMania. Right. I believe they were planning it when I beat the Rock for the title at No Mercy in two thousand. And they they were going to let me have a good run for six months as champion. Then Dwayne was the rock was going to win the title back. And then main event WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was already in the books. So there was nothing I could do, nothing I could say. And and rightfully so. They were the two biggest names in the business. And, um, you know, to have them finally meet at WrestleMania 17, uh, that was a huge money match. So I understood from a business perspective that this match is going to go on. There's nothing I can do about it. I knew that I had a main event at WrestleMania someday. Eventually.
0: Did you think that there was a chance that they would put you against rock or Austin, or perhaps make it a three way? Or when did you know that was not going to happen?
1: I knew after I lost the title to the rock, Sure, um, you know, they, they had no plans of a triple threat. I believe the only way I could have main event at WrestleMania is if rock or Austin would have gotten injured, I would right. replace them. That, that was my only chance of main event at main eventing WrestleMania 17.
0: I know this is a, a, a weird question, but you said earlier, Hey, they didn't tell you what was going to happen six months from now. Did you find out you were losing the title that day or did you know before you got to the arena?
1: I probably knew about a month ahead of time because I knew the match was being set up against The Rock. There was nobody said who was going to win. There was no finish discussed. But I kind of knew if I was going to face The Rock again in another pay per view six months after I beat him, he's probably going to beat me. So I kind of figured it out on my own.
0: Uh, Khalil Williams wants to know Would you consider this your best match with The Rock?
1: Yes, without a doubt. It was my best match, in, in, with exception to the finish but I thought everything flowed very well. And, uh, the match told an incredible story. I thought it was awesome.
0: Gilmore guy wants to know, did anyone sell the angle lock better than the rock? And if so, who?
1: No, the rock was the best. And that's because he let everybody see his face. He, you know, a lot, a lot of people think that he oversells, but I, I think that he's right on with it. Um, you know, his, his, uh, His style is all about selling. That's, that's what he does best. And that's why he's so effective. Uh, Of course, you know, he can cut a promo better than anybody else. Right. But you know, the selling in the ring is what sells tickets and he does it well.
0: Luke from Eastern Iowa has a great question. He says, considering this match happened in Las Vegas, do you have any good gambling or Vegas shenanigan stories? (laughs) Uh, Jim Ross is famous. Go ahead.
1: I don't gamble. I never did. So I don't have any stories about Vegas, nothing crazy. I didn't get drunk and pass out somewhere. Uh, I don't have any Vegas stories and thank God for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Th- that does feel like there should be a Kurt angle Vegas story. We need to make one happen one day. i will figure it out. A
1: hangover. For me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, listen, this was fun, man. I really enjoyed getting to go back and revisit this match. I know a lot of wrestling fans have recently Uh, taking a look at it since we just passed the 20 year anniversary. Anything else you'd like to say about the rock before we wrap up this week's episode?
1: I, I thoroughly enjoyed wrestling with the rock. He, he was not just great in the ring and fun to work with and exciting to work with. He was a great human being. So very giving and kind. Um, uh, always, you know, asked how you were doing, how your family was doing, he, he's very considerate and he's one of the friendliest people I've ever met. And I love him to death.
0: Well, and you're going to love chicken snacks from physically fit.com. Right. We've talked a lot about these and I'm getting blown up on social media with people who are absolutely loving it. Uh, if you haven't already go to physicallyfit.com, and we want you to click the where to buy button. And there you'll see where you can search all of the United States and see exactly where the nearest store to you is. Or just scroll down to the bottom and click Order Now Online. That's what I've done. It's what my friends have done. There's a ton of different flavors: brown sugar cinnamon with pretzels, honey mustard with pretzels, sour cream and onion with bagel pieces, spicy buffalo and blue cheese. Kurt, you love the kung pao. There's something for everybody here at physicallyfit.com, right?
1: Yeah, they're incredible. The the flavors are unbelievable, and they're very health conscious. Uh, a great product to to snack on every day. It'll keep your, you know, your diet in check. And that, that's the most important thing. And, you know, Stan, the man told me that he used your credit card to purchase $300 worth of them (laughs) for the office. (laughs) I'm sorry, Stan. I had to tell him.
0: (laughs) Uh, People are loving it. And by the way, we should mention you even have a a plant protein version here. Tell everybody about that.
1: Yes, we have the plant protein version, sour cream and onion, um, uh, we have uh, cinnamon swirl. Uh, we have honey mustard. Uh, the plant protein is is awesome too. And uh, you know, obviously, it's not real meat. It's you know organic plant protein, but it's it's a great product. Uh, same flavors.
0: So there you go. Whether you're vegan or not, there's something for everybody. Sriracha, I think, is the one that people at the office are digging the most. Kurt likes kung pao. We got sweet barbecue. Check it out. It's physicallyfit.com. And don't forget, you can also get really cool autograph stuff over at KurtAngleBrand.com. I can't believe that you're doing it for some of the prices that I've seen. You've got really I affordable don't. autographs. You've got cowboy hats. You've got milk cartons. You got everything over there, dude. Well, it's a rough time right now. I wanted to keep it affordable. Absolutely. And how about this? A $31 autograph from Kurt Angle on an 8x10. It's something else. Go check it out right now. It's KurtAngleBrand.com. And we'll be back next week. We're going to be talking about the undertaker We're going we to talk about no way out 2006, and then we'll be back in two weeks to talk about the rookie year of Kurt angle. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Throw us a follow on Twitter at the angle pod and let everybody know about your new favorite wrestling podcast Sundays on Westwood one. It's the Kurt angle show. We'll be back next week with no way out. 2006 right here on the Kurt angle show. Hey, as a quick heads up, I want to let you know that in my real life, you know, I'm Conrad, the mortgage guy, but we don't call our folks who help people save money, loan officers like they do at the bank. I always thought that sounded terrible. Instead, we want to be your mortgage advisor. In fact, we want to be your mortgage advisor for life. And we take that honor very seriously. Check out this 4.83 star review. That's right. 4.83 from Jeffrey in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He says, I had worked with you last year to refinance our home before the interest rates dropped. Your team reached out to me to do the process again, to save me more money and ensure that I had the best rate possible. I've never been treated as just another person on the to-do list. Even after I was done doing business, they were still looking to see that I was in the best financial place possible. We're going to go ahead and take a look at your whole financial situation and see if we can improve it. Maybe you've got equity in your house and you've got some high interest rate credit cards. We've probably got some mathematical solutions to get you out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments. Maybe we take a look at your current homeowner's insurance and realize, hey, uh, that might be kind of high. You might need another quote. Maybe we're going to make sure that you filed homestead on your house to make sure you've got the best deal on your property taxes. Whatever your circumstance is, if it's home-related, we're going to try to take a look and find a way to get you the best deal possible. Just like they say on old WWE programming, then, now, and forever. You know, it's like they used to say, because when you're safe with Conrad, you're safe with Conrad for life. No, seriously, we want to help you save some cash, and we want to do it today at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, you don't need perfect credit, you don't need money out of your pocket, and you can skip your next two house payments. What are you waiting for? Get a quote right now. Find out how much money you can save for free at savewithconrad.com.